Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing another edition of You Can Only Keep One, and we're doing it Disney Renaissance themed. Ooh, yeah. So that, that's going to be a good one. Um, before we get into that, though, let's cover our Disney news like we do every week. This is one thing, Angela, I know you are excited about. I'm actually pretty excited to see this, too. So... Uh, Disney announced a new show coming on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be September 25th. It is in association with National Geographic, and it's like behind the scenes of Disney's Animal Kingdom. This is going to be incredible. We've done the behind-the-scenes tour in Animal Kingdom before, and we got to go behind the scenes. It was the hippo enclosure and also the crocodile enclosure. If you have a chance, definitely do that. It is going to be so cool to see like the animal husbandry and then what kind of like enrichment that they animal do husbandry like the Husb- animals are married <laughs> husbandry like uh like how how they care for the animals oh okay i thought we we're gonna have some animal weddings on this show i mean they might it might be kind of like anchorman where they marry the penguins good point okay <laughs> all right i'm even more excited now <laughs> we're gonna have an anchorman crossover <laughs> will ferrell would be more than happy to bring that back i was gonna say will ferrell is not the narrator but it's narrated by josh gad so another kind Interesting. of Disney alum there. I'm, like, I'm not sure about that voice as a narrator. It'll be good. It's Olaf. It's going to be I, Olaf telling you stuff about animals. It's going to be great. I get it, but he doesn't... Ha- Usually they pick somebody with like a smooth, suave voice to be a, a voiceover person. I don't know. Olaf did a great job recapping Frozen for me. I mean, so, he definitely did. So, so I think he's. I, I think might he'd be, be great at this. Yeah, I might be surprised. Yeah, but I think this is going to be... I'm interesting. It says an original series, so I'm not sure if it's going to be multiple episodes or not, but it starts streaming September 25th, so it could potentially be like a multi-part um, series. I kind of imagine that, that it's probably it, a few it, episodes covering different like it, areas of yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say absolutely, because they'll probably go behind the scenes of each part. Like just They'll probably follow zookeepers, and then maybe they'll have a day where they follow the vets. They might show you the different... Because um, they, they have more than one park, essentially, that they're running, because there's Animal Kingdom, but then there's also the hotels that have animals at them, too. And yeah. that's all leading up to the big wedding at the end of the year. <laughs> so, no, I mean, this is pretty exciting. The I penguin mean, wedding, even though they don't have penguins, I don't think. Yeah, right? it seems like Disney has starting to announce... Like, a lot more. I mean, like, Mandalorian's coming out. Like, I think, like, the fall is, like, a lot of these new shows are starting to come out. I kind of wonder, are we going to get um, season two of The World According to Jeff Goldblum? Like, is that going to be coming out soon? Oh, I hope so. Like, I feel like... That's what the world needs right now, yeah, Disney. Yeah, like, I feel like they've started to get some more content ready, and now they're, they're like, pushing it out again, you know, to kind of keep people interested, especially going into the holidays, when I think they're probably expecting a big push of, like, people gifting Disney Plus subscriptions or mm-hmm. more people getting mm-hmm. it. The more content you can have around that time, I think the better. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing, uh, Chris Hemsworth was talking to Screen Rant, and they asked him about his future with Marvel. You know, he said, "You know, I'm not done with Thor after the fourth movie," um, which is great news to me. Now, yes. hopefully, Marvel buys into that. But I think it makes sense to keep him involved because you've lost Robert Downey Jr., yes. you've lost Chris Evans. And I really feel like Thor is now just hitting his stride. Like he's only Mm -hmm. like Thor, like the first two Thor movies were okay, but um, Thor Ragnarok was great. Like he really came out of his shell there to become this like kind of more comedic hero. Right. And that translated into the Avengers movie. So I would love to see 
a couple more movies with Thor. So I'm glad he wants to stick around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're exactly right because they have a big they have a big hole right now with Robert Downey Jr. being gone. You know, uh, Tom Holland is funny, and but I think that Thor maybe has a similar niche as Robert Downey Jr. He's not a jerk, but um, he definitely is hilarious. So I think that that will be, you know, that'll be good. Yeah, you still need like one of the originals. Like I feel like, mm-hmm. and again, this is you know, this is Chris Hemsworth saying he's not done with the character. Yeah, that doesn't mean Marvel's not done with him. But I kind of feel like at least with like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., I think they were kind of done as well because Mm -hmm. they had been in so many movies. I think they were ready to move on, which is also kind of part of the reason why they're not involved. Like I kind of feel like if one of them said, I want to come back, they they would be back. So I I definitely think, you know, this bodes well for Thor continuing, but you're right. You kind of need to have one of the original Avengers left. I mean, you don't have Black Widow. You don't have Iron Man. You don't have Captain America. You have the Hulk, but he can't really he's, be in his own movie. He's like the weakest of all. I mean, not the weakest physically, obviously, but he's one of the weaker of, of them. Well, and Marvel's not even allowed to make Incredible Hulk movies. Yeah. So he can be in other movies, but he can't be in his own. So you're kind of limited that way. And that's why he showed up in the Thor movie, because um, he can kind of be in other movies. But to deal with Universal, they can't be in his own. So you, you kind of have Thor, and I see him as kind of the bridge at least for another movie or the two. The Rainbow Bridge? Yes. <laughs> the Bifrost. Yep. You know, at least for another movie or two to get them to this next generation, like Spider-Man, but even like Guardians of the Galaxy that are supposedly going to show up in the Thor movie and maybe yeah. Thor shows up in their movie. So again, that that kind of branches you to some more fan favorites and you know maybe he's in one more Avengers movie or something. But yeah, I don't see him dying. Like I, I think he continues and I think even when his character is done... It's just kind of like, oh, he's just off in the sunset somewhere so that he huh. could easily come back. Kind of like what they do with Captain America. I mean, they could easily make a movie about Captain America in the alternate timeline that he was in for 70 years. You know, like, mm-hmm. what was he up to? Like, he just didn't sit around not doing anything. So I don't know about you, but I definitely would love to see more of Thor interact with Peter Quill. They really hit a really, like, a cool character dynamic there. And I'd love to see a bromance emerge from that relationship too. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for Thor 4 because again, I think... Thor 4. Yeah, I think Ragnarok was was great and I think that was the the best version of the Thor character. So I'm really excited to see what Taika Waititi does in the fourth one, Thor Love and Thunder. And then, yeah, I'm glad to hear that, that Chris Hemsworth is excited to continue with the character. Right. So very good. All right, so let's get into our main topic this week. Another round of You Can Only Keep One. I think these episodes are a lot of fun. I think uh, our listeners, we've gotten good feedback of them, so we're going to do another one. And this one, we're going to keep it focused on the Disney Renaissance movies. So the idea is we get a set of three choices, and we can only keep one of them. So it's very difficult when you can only keep one. So we've done uh, food. We did food was the most recent one. I think we did a parks one. Yeah, we kind of did theme park specific. Mm -hmm. And then we've done one on food from the parks. That was a a month or so ago if you want to check that one out. So this one we're we're focused on the Disney Renaissance, going back to the Disney Renaissance here. So so to start off here, we're going to do movie choices. We're going to do two different sets here. So for the first set, your three options are Tarzan, Aladdin, or Mulan. You can only keep one of them. Which one are you keeping? Okay, this one's awful. 
Um, That's the whole point of these. <laughs> they're tough. Again, if you could keep two, sometimes they're pretty easy, but you can only keep one. Now of I have them. a question. If I can only keep one. Now, does this mean I can't, I can only, I can only watch one for the rest of my life? Or does this mean that this movie would disappear from the Disney catalog? Like it would not have existed. This is like rewriting history. Yeah, this is rewriting history. Only one of these movies stays. The okay. other two are All gone. Right. Then that makes it easy. In this, in that case, so I think it, I would have treated it differently. But in that case, I think Mulan. Because I think as a child, I really, again, as I mentioned in our Renaissance thing, Mulan meant a lot to me, seeing a woman in a strong role like that. Um, and her not being that typical girl role it was it was affirming to me as a as a child so i think that this movie was even though i love tarzan more important to child me this this one is definitely tough i mean mulan is a strong contender i really like tarzan i'm keeping aladdin though (laughs) because i I like aladdin i feel like is just kind of the most upbeat and infectious of all of these so if there's only one movie that i can ever watch again only one movie that's that's staying I think I have to keep Aladdin. That is really Robin int- Williams did so well as a genie. There's just so much going for that movie that I, I couldn't get rid of that one. I mean, yes, there are a lot going for Tarzan and Mulan, as you mentioned. You know, they both have you know really strong points, but I feel like I feel like I could get over if they're not around anymore. I feel like Aladdin, a, a piece of me would be gone. It's really interesting how neither one of us went with the highest rank on our our renaissance ranking. Yeah. I will say Tarzan. I mean, Tarzan is a really great movie. And I think overall, again, it, it is a, it is a strong movie. And as we were ranking them, yeah, if you go back and listen to this episode, we did have Tarzan pretty high. And I think we, we looked at it as kind of like a total package of like the sidekicks, the story, the music, you know, the animation. And, and when you compare it, and again, I mean, we talked about this, I mean, all of these movies really could be the best of the Renaissance. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, like, especially when you get into that top five, they all kind of jockey for position, anyways. And you know, you can nitpick one to knock it down and, and bring up a good point about <laughs> another one. But I really do think overall, just a, there's something about Aladdin that I like. And now I purposely kept the Lion King out of this because I knew you would <laughs> you'd always keep the Lion King. Yeah. So I kept that one out. So the next set of movies is Hercules. Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid. And I think this one's tough too. And definitely probably for the listeners playing along because Beauty and the Beast is really iconic. Little Mermaid's really iconic. I think Hercules doesn't get the respect it deserves to a certain extent, but it's a really good movie too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't be like, oh, easy, get rid of Hercules. That's a great movie. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting rid of a lot of good songs, uh, you know, really good movie there as well. So so th- this one is tough as well. Okay, so... this this is tough i was actually leaning hercules and then i really thought about it and surprisingly uh i think probably again the people listen to the renaissance one i would keep beauty uh i think that the songs in beauty are just so good i mean little mermaid has great songs too but be our guest like i i don't i can't imagine a world without be our guest um or without beauty and the beast and also the gaston song so um yeah, I, I think beauty has to stay. All right. I will caveat this. Looking at it two different ways. If this is, we can only watch one movie again, like if we can only watch one of these movies, I'm keeping Hercules. Yeah. Because I I like Hercules. And again, I think there's just more upbeat songs. I, I think I would like to watch that one if there's only one I could ever watch again. 
if it is this movie is never the other two movies were never made before you do have to keep beauty because beauty is what changed the game for disney in the 90s i mean nothing else happens without beauty and the beast Right. I think, you know, Little Mermaid definitely kick-started it, but then you had Rescuers Down Under, and they started to kind of, like, go down, and Beauty was really what was the breakout, I think. Um, So I think, yeah, yeah, you you don't have have Lion King. You don't have, I mean, Tarzan. You don't have Hercules. Yeah, you don't have Hercules without Beauty and the Beast. So I think from that perspective, you have to keep Beauty and the Beast. But this one is really tough for me because I really do like Hercules, but I think I'm going (laughs) to agree with you on this one. That you got to keep beating the beast. Yes. Okay. So the next one is sidekick. So would you rather keep Genie, Timon and Pumbaa, that's together, or Mushu? See, this one's tough too. They're all great sidekicks. <laughs> and they're all similar. You know, they're all that comedic relief sidekick. Yes. I mean, and they're I'm, all played by people who are pretty like iconic. You have, you know, yeah, Genie good, good is voice actors. Yep, yeah. Genie definitely. is uh, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Timon is Nathan Lane and Pumbaa is Ernie Sabella and Mushu is Eddie Murphy. So, I mean, all of those characters are, yeah, they have incredible I voice say, they're, actors. They're all voice. They're all great voice actors. But I think the other thing is they're all very integral parts of the movie. You have some other sidekicks in Pocahontas like Flit and Miko. I mean, they're really not like fully fleshed they're out just sidekicks. Funny. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not full on sidekicks. I think that's what hurts that movie a little bit, you know, or like hunchback. He has the gargoyles. Like they're really not great sidekicks. So these are three like really integral sidekicks. <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa really drive the story forward. Genie really drives the story forward. I would argue Mushu probably doesn't drive the story forward as much. He's, he's much more comedic relief in that movie, but I would say he's not necessarily as a driving force as much as Genie and Timon and Pumbaa are. I mean, Simone and Pumbaa really, you know, Simba has kind of a whole change of heart, the whole Akuna Matata lifestyle. They kind of, you know, help him regain the throne. I, they're, they're very much involved. I think I'm going to stick with Genie, though, just <laughs> because he is so over the top. And again, I mean, I have like the Aladdin fan club here going, but <laughs> but I, I think Robin Williams did great. And again, I think he paved the way for. Like having Eddie Murphy as Mushu and, right. and, and having all of these now, you know, anytime there's an animated movie, it's all about the voice actors in the mm. movie and not even about the story so much well, when they're trying to sell it. it's because they're like, they're really well-respected actors who use their voice as an incredible tool to lend itself to like creating the character and creating real emotion in the characters. Yeah, but there's, a, I mean, there's this whole thing. Like we watched a YouTube video about it and I do not remember the channel or the name of the video. So I, I apologize, <laughs> but we watched this video of looking at the history of animated movies that how up until Robin Williams, it was the, all the trailers and everything and the marketing was selling the story. And it was always about having a good story and not who voiced the characters. And then after Robin Williams, it led into this thing of, well, now you have to have these great voice actors. And, you know, I will say, I mean, Disney and Pixar still do a great job of selling the story and yeah. not necessarily so much who's in it. But sometimes you see these movies and the trailer is is a generic trailer and then just 50 names of every celebrity yeah. you've ever heard of to sell you to come into this well, movie. And I, I imagine, I mean, I, I don't know anything about this, but I would imagine too that now, like the Disney name is, is so strong now that I bet a lot of those celebrities don't get paid like, 
crazy amounts of money because they a lot of them have kids of their own and they want to be immortalized in these fantastic movies because Disney, oh, yeah, they knock- know Disney is going to produce something great and then they'll be a part of it. They're knocking on Disney's door. I mean, kind of that's the same with Marvel. I mean, you hear um, like Mahershala Ali, you know, is going to be redoing Blade. I assume that's still going on. But I think he reached out to Kevin Feige and said, I want to do Blade. Like a lot of these actors and stuff reach out to, like you said, the studios now because they want to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, but I'm keeping Genie. All right. Who, I think you're going to keep Timon and Pumbaa, but we'll see. Okay. Maybe you'll surprise me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we, we went over a lot of the rationale behind, you know, all of these characters are really strong. I, I would almost argue that Mushu, uh, I can see your argument where, that Mushu's not he is more comedic relief but also i mean mulan doesn't get the the one really crazy dragon guardian uh like this real strong one because mushu breaks him and she's almost like she succeeds in spite of him which almost is a testament to her strength um i'm gonna do something that's gonna surprise you right now timon and pumbaa i actually i mean they are integral they do help out but i think that out of the three they are they're likable but i don't think that I still think I like as as characters Genie and Mushu better. So oh, wow, okay, so you mm-hmm. are surprising me here. Okay. Yes, yeah. So then that's between Genie and Mushu, and I just I don't I don't think you can vote against Genie in this case. Wow, this is very surprising. <laughs> yeah, with me. I mean, I think that Genie is just so fantastical, so whimsical. There's so much about him that is just alluring. He's funny. He's goofy. He's serious. You know, he has that whole, you know, I've been stuck in a lamp forever. And, and that kind of really helps. The, like, he, without him in that movie, there is no movie. Because everything in the movie is driven by the fact that Aladdin has these wishes. And in the end, Aladdin proves himself to be a good person by giving the, making that final wish to free Genie. So I think that it is really, it's a buddy movie. It is it is about Aladdin. I would say it's less about Aladdin and Jasmine, more about Aladdin and Genie. So, yeah. Genie, hands down. Interesting. All right. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to roll into songs. So this is keeping the song, and this is kind of like the big number, like uh-huh. the big musical number songs in these movies. So the choices here are Be Our Guest, Friend Like Me, and then just I Just Can't Wait to Be King. <laughs> so these are all three great numbers. Um, these are probably three of the more iconic song numbers that came out of the Renaissance, I would argue, especially Be Our Guest and Friend Like Me. I think I Just Can't Wait to Be King is is definitely pretty iconic. I was going to say, I remember when I was a kid, kids used to go around and that was the number that they liked. Like that was the song that they would sing. Yeah, that's the most, I mean, you, you pointed this out, it, like the the color scheme changes that's the most like fantastical number in there and that that is kind of like the big showstopper number, i think right for the, the lion beginning. king it is really hard to make a big number in air quotes like argument because there are so many <laughs> but yeah i would say you're right it's 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 the big extravagant number yeah, that's kind of like the thesis song of like simba at the beginning of yes. like what what he wants so yeah yeah because your circle of life is the theme thesis right and then the thesis of like the movie and basically yeah it's it's simba saying he can't wait to be king yeah so which one are you keeping okay so interestingly enough out of all the songs from the lion king my least favorite is just can't wait to be king so that one goes immediately so it's now between be our guest and friend like me as much as i love friend like me I absolutely 
love Be Our Guest. It is so much fun. I love Lumiere or Lumiere um, as a character. I think that it's just it's very it's just so upbeat and so fun. Um, so I think that that's gotta be where where I go. But again. I can make equally good argument for friend like me because if you go see the musical, that is the that is the number right there. It is incredible. So, oh man, I'm like talking myself out of it. I, I'm gonna go with be our guest because I think you're gonna pick friend like me. So I definitely <laughs> I agree with you. I think the two choices here are be our guest and friend like me. You're right. I think friend like me is a better. Again, it's kind of a more. I don't want to say it's a better song, but it's a more upbeat numbers i'll be our guest is pretty upbeat too <laughs> you're right though that the musical version i think a friend like me is great and i do think that that kind of clouds my judgment Rewatching the animated movie friend like me is good it's so good <laughs> but it's not it's not as good it's it's a little bit more i think subdued than when they do it on broadway it's a little bit more over the top so i do think just looking strictly at the movie versions of these I think be our guest is the grander number. It's the be- it's the better song. It's it's better than I just can't wait to be king, but it's at the same kind of spectacle level as I just can't wait to be king in terms of like the animation and like the choreography and everything. And so I think that's going to edge it out over friend like gonna- me. And I also I just can't pick Aladdin stuff all the time. <laughs> So I, I'm going to go with Be Our Guest here. I think we're probably making a lot of listeners happy who were upset that we ranked Beauty and the Beast at number five um, because we've we've almost uh, or I've almost gone straight Beauty and the Beast here. Yeah, I mean, you ranked Beauty and the Beast five. I, I fought for some <laughs> again, other ones. So. Again, throwing me under the bus. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I fought for some other ones. You got Mulan high. You can. You can throw me under the bus there. I, I didn't want Mulan as high as we ranked. I was going to say, I don't know, we I don't know too there, many people that would fight for Mulan as much as I did, though. Yeah, you did. So we, we had to make some <laughs> trades when yeah. we came up with our uh, our solo list there. Definitely, if you don't know what we're talking about, we ranked the entire <laughs> Disney renaissance. Um, all 10 movies. Yes, all 10 movies. It was like a two and a half hour extravaganza between uh, two episodes so we, we had to do it over two episodes because it was so long so go back and check that out to uh you know hear our rankings and we actually had some other disney podcasters share their rankings on there so be sure to check all of that out as well so all right let's go to the next option here okay so this is another song choice and this is love song so this is the iconic love song that came out of these movies so our options are can you feel the love tonight whole new world and i won't say i'm in love yeah, and these are tough because these are three really good these songs. These are solid. I think I think if I don't feel Can You Feel the Love Tonight, you're going to like divorce me because that was our <laughs> song for our first dance. You're allowed to have an opinion. So I might be sleeping on the couch tonight if I get rid of that one. <laughs> um, yeah, Whole New World's really good. I Won't Say I'm In Love is a, is a really good song too. And I think that's probably like what comes out of Hercules the most. I think a lot of people really like uh, Megra and that song out yeah, of Hercules. It's really interesting because before we watched Hercules again, I would actually talk about this song and loving this song. And you'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then whenever you, we watched it, you were like, Oh my gosh, no, I, I see why you love this. So yeah, much. but I, and I hear a lot of p- people singing it though. I mean, well, they did it on the Disney. I was going to say Ariana Grande. No, but I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't remember it from when I saw Hercules a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, a, it's a really good song. Whole New World's a really good song. Can You Feel the Love Tonight's really good. I mean, I don't know that I can 
pick one. I do think probably out of all of these, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is the one to keep. It's Elton John. It is a really good song. I think, you know, if you look at it in terms of like, okay, like what's driving the plot or what's kind of, you know, doing a good job of conveying the love between the characters, I think they all do equally pretty good. I mean, I think, I don't think that one is like far better in delivering its message or advancing the plot, conveying things. But I think Can You Feel the Love Tonight is probably the best song out of the three. Again, Elton John, you know, wrote it. So I think I'm going to go with that one. And also just for Nala's eyes in the song. (laughs) Sexy eyes. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah, this is really tough. For me, there's really... I hate to like I say I hate to say this, but there's two songs in this category. Like I can immediately knock one out, and for me, even though I is it whole new world? Yeah, for me, I can knock that one out pretty quickly. Not because it's not a good song, because I love that song. But yeah, it's probably the weakest of the three. But yeah, it's just not. It's not my favorite. Um, can you feel the love tonight again? As you said, yeah, we it was our wedding song. We danced to that. And it's a really good song. You have Matthew Broderick, who would be singing the Simba part. And yeah, it's beautiful. And then, of course, again, there's two versions. There's the movie version, and then there's the credit version, which would have been the one that was a huge hit on on the radio, which was sung by Elton John. And then you have I Won't Say I'm In Love, uh, which I'd argue is probably even a bigger plot driver than Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Because that is Meg's... Meg confessing that she kind of started this whole thing out as like a prop and like using Hercules, but now she is in love with him and she has this huge fight because she has, she's basically against Hades. And so she will do whatever it takes to try to protect Hercules. Right. And you have Susan Egan singing it, mm-hmm. uh, who's a you know Broadway actress. She played Belle on Broadway. So, I mean, she can sing very well. So you have a, you have a great voice behind the song as well. Yeah. So I'm kind of giving you ammunition. So if you go either way, <laughs> you're good. I I think out of the two, and again, I you know sometimes you tend to be harder on the things that you love because you don't want to let your judgment, your personal preference, cloud your judgment. I think out of the two songs, I have to say, if we're looking at the one in the the movie. Not in the credits. Yes, we're talking in the movie version. Yeah, here. in the movie, not in the credits. I, I think I'd have to go with I, I won't say I'm in love. But if we're talking about just in general, it's can you feel the love tonight? Or which one's your final answer, though? I won't say I'm in love? Well, yeah, exactly. So okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, if we're talking in the movie, that's that what one. we're talking. So that's your that's your option. Yes. Okay. But the Elton John version is really good. And that would be my favorite of the three. <laughs> okay. All right, interesting. I think we have some uh, interesting picks. Again, it's really tough when you can only keep one of them. Again, like if it's like, hey, I can keep two, it's easy. But when you can only keep one, it's really interesting. It's, it's hilarious because I'm there's probably some listener out there who's mad that we put Lion King so high. And it's going, if you don't pick anything from the Lion King, why did you rank it number I one? I picked it. I picked Can You Feel a Lot of Time. <laughs> yeah, you did. And That's again, true. feel free to play along with your family. Which movie would you keep? Tarzan, Aladdin, or Mulan? Get some debates going. <laughs> Friendly debates, of course. All right, so here we go. Here's the last one. Now, there are more than three options here on this one, and this is because these are Alan Minken scored movies. So Alan Minken basically scored and wrote songs for the entire Renaissance. So he did The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, 
Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules. And he was, you know, received Oscar nominations and Grammys and everything for all this stuff and had incredible soundtracks. So if you can only keep one Alan Menken soundtrack, so it's not, so which one are you keeping out of all of these movies? So there's more than three options here. So there's Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Hercules. Hmm. I will. So I'll, I'll start here. So I will say I'm dropping Hunchback off and Pocahontas. Where are you dropping them off? I'm dro- dropping them off this list. Or, or are we doing this? Are we doing this like Disney Renaissance style where we're dro- dropping them off of a cliff or a high place? Yes, sure. <laughs> I'm dropping them off this list. They're probably the lowest one. So you're left with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Hercules. I think I'm going to go with Hercules here. And there's probably a lot of people who are screaming at me of like, how can you not keep Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin or one of these other ones? And this is tough for me because I think Aladdin's up there too. Hercules has a lot of really good songs in it. We just talked about I Won't Say I'm in Love. You know, I Can Go the Distance. But then the whole just kind of musicality of the movie with like the muse, the muses songs and like the upbeat tempo and just the style they went for is very much unlike any of the other movies I feel like during the Renaissance and especially around that time. Like it came out around the same time as Hunchback and Pocahontas and things that it was just so different. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is really good. It definitely has some good numbers in Be Our Guest and Beauty and the Beast. But I feel like it has like two like great songs and the other songs are okay, but Again, they're a very like standard conventional number. You know, Aladdin, you know, they have some over the top numbers too. So that's why it's kind of tough for me. But I, I think just Hercules, just the overall style of the music, and it has, you know, it, it has the good songs just like the other movies have. I think I'm gonna keep Hercules on this one. Interesting choice. This is this is a tough because you have, you know, I'd say probably four really strong score like movies here and then two that again you rightly kicked Pocahontas and and Hunchback out because they have some really great songs but also some songs that are not so great so between Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast that's really hard Uh, you have Under the Sea and The Little Mermaid and you have some other songs but I think that there's one that really stands part out. Part of your world. Part of your world. Yeah, part of your world. But then you have like Kiss the Girl, which I don't like as That's much. It's a good song. It's it a is good a good song. song. I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good song. Um, but I still think that Beauty is better. So then if we would go between Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, I probably would pick Beauty and the Beast because I think that there's more iconic songs in there. And then if I go up against Hercules, this is where I think it's really hard because Every song from Beauty and the Beast is fantastic and it gets credit for it. But then you have Hercules, who, again, as you said, the Muse songs, you have um, I Can Go the Distance, you have I Won't Say I'm in Love, and it's really difficult. But there are three songs there. And then you have Beauty and the Beast that has Bell song, um, the one in the very beginning. I don't remember exactly what the title is. And then you have Beauty and the Beast, you have Be Our Guest, you have the Gaston song. So you have more songs, I feel like, in Beauty and the Beast, and all of them are good. So I'm going to put Beauty and the Beast as the winner of this one. Yeah, that was difficult. I I was kind of torn between, kind of same as you, like Beauty and the Beast, 
um, you know, Aladdin, Hercules, they're, they're all so good. It, yeah. It's hard. Again, I, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah. I think that what, what I'm learned and what I definitely learned about the way that we, you know, kind of thought about beauty and the beast is just that I, my issue with it was more the story, but everything else about the movie is fantastic. Like the music is just so wonderful and iconic and every single one is a hit. Like probably even more so than the Lion King. Cause I would say that just can't wait to be King isn't the best song, but um, yeah, but it, I felt like the story wasn't as strong, but yeah, I, f- I feel like I picked beauty and the beast for everything on this. So interesting. Interesting to see how it shakes out. It is. All right. So let us know uh, what your picks are. Head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears, or our Facebook group over there, the Enchanted Ears family, uh, and let us know what your picks were for if you could only keep one of these. I'm kind of interested to hear what other people's thoughts are because, again, it's it's really tough to just pick one. And, again, have a nice debate over dinner with your family on some of these. <laughs> I think that would be uh, that would be interesting. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. Make sure you leave a rating or a review or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it really helps us grow the show. That's probably the single best thing you can do. And it's really easy to leave a rating or, or a review or to click the subscribe button. It's a simple thing to do, but it really makes a big impact for us. Thank you for lending us your ears. And have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.